podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when they still played at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show. Leave the pen, get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and I swear I ain't lying. Yeah. Leave the pen. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Em. Got my co-host live and in person, Scott. We are on episode 216, and we are pummeled by snow, snowed in. So what better thing to do today than to record a listener episode podcast as well. Let's talk about the waste management and uh, Tiger Woods Sunday Red. Scott, what's a good word? Uh, well, it may be uh, Sunday for tiger but it's snow day here um i'm looking at maybe a foot probably like close to that so i don't know what it's like there but i got my, my neighbor outside is uh he's all eskimoed up snow throwing his driveway so that'll be my fate in a few minutes so we're done with we this. got about we got about 14 inches i went out for an hour with the snowblower um I barely got anything done. I'm not looking forward to going back out. So this is a nice respite uh, during this enormous, enormous snowstorm. And what drove me nuts too, Scotto, is that last night we've got a guy in our area that does like real localized, like to the school district, localized predictions. And he was all, well, we're probably not going to get as much now because the path has moved 50 miles down south. You know, and he said, oh, we're going to get like three to six inches now. Yeah, three to six inches, my ass. It is uh, it is unreal. It is slushy on the bottom. It is it is fluffy on top. Uh, I'm just not in a good mood. Uh, I Like I said, I once I get out there, I suspect I will be in the same mood. We have a, a guy who works for our school district who is that local weather guy. I mean, obviously not your guy, but he's that guy in this area. And yeah, um, yeah. he, much like your your guy, said it was going to move further south and we weren't going to get as much. Um, and for this area, he had lowered his prediction from 10 to 6, and we doubled that. So Nice. Well, what other profession can you be wrong most of the time and still have a job? Mm. Uh, Tiger Woods clothing designer. Scott, we might as well get into it. The elephant that's in the room, the the tiger that is in the room, uh, the sun, day, red, line that is is not only grossly disgusting in terms of its appearance and its uh, manufacturing, he still looks like 1996 Michael Jordan in terms of fit and style. Mm. But Scott, as two educators. The grammatically incorrect spelling of sun, day, red literally drives my OCD insane. I don't really, I mean, I get what they're going for, but I don't get the whole sun day. Like, I, I just, I don't understand it. Like, you know, I guess because it's sunny out, you can go golfing and it'll... I guess maybe there's some UV protection. I like what are they going for there? It just it doesn't it doesn't strike a chord. No, it strikes out. I had a bunch of people on Instagram this morning DM me and say, "Hey man, we love this. Like it's really good." And I really don't think you do. I think you're in love with Tiger. 
I think you're in love with the premise of Tiger and anything that he does. And that's cool. Like, you can be a fanboy, and you can, you can Tiger it up all you want. Um, but I think we have to acknowledge a few things in terms of fairness. A, Tiger Woods is not a good person outside of golf. Okay, let's, let's get that out there, right? Anyone that, that uh, drives inebriated and puts other people's lives on the line, not a good person. Uh, B, Tiger Woods has never had style, right? He's a nerd. He was sheltered his entire lifetime. Go ahead, Scott. Uh, my, my neighbors are going to ring on our doorbell in a second. So hold on a sec. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll keep ranting, and you go, you go talk to the, the Eskimo neighbors. Um, Tiger Woods is a nerd. He was sheltered his entire life. He has no concept of style. He has, has handlers that have always kind of taken care of him. Um, and, and so for him to decide that he wants to go forward and press forward with a new clothing line, which is something that he's not even good at, I, I, I just don't get it. I understand that Taylor made and him in a collaborative effort feel like there's money to be made and nothing in this world is going to get done unless there is money to be made. So they must have done some focus groups, some research beforehand and, and realize that, hey, we can profit off this. Uh, but in my opinion, Tiger Woods' style is awful. I wouldn't want to dress like him. I don't know why people would want to. Uh, don't even get me started on the mock necks that he's in love with. Uh, but B, the second part of that is that it's stylistically lazy. I mean, it legit is a Le Tigre ripoff in terms of the Tiger uh, that looks like it's been clip-arted by elementary school kids. And Scott, I know that you're not a fan of the line either, and I realize that some people are fans of the line, and that and that's cool. Like that's your thing. Not everybody dresses the same, but I would never want to pay, regardless of the brand, to dress in a style or manner as Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, some of the the older stuff was kind of cool um, because it was Nike scripting. True. Right. It, it wasn't him left to his own devices. Him left to his own devices is bad news in life and clothing in general, you know, Accurate. aside from golf. Accurate. And I almost feel like and I, I, I didn't hear everything that you said, but I'm going to hypothesize that Tiger has gotten to the point where he's so big now that the, everyone around him just yeses him. Yeah, I, I said that they must have been some focus groups done. TaylorMade and him must realize that there is a, a very diehard subsection of the golf world that will follow him to the ends of the earth and, and apologize for him in, in perpetuity. Now, I will, I will say this. Uh, you and I are kind of in that camp, but I don't know that I would buy any of this. I will go on record and tell you that he will not get a cent of my money for any of this whatsoever the the logo is abhorrent it's awful like the logo is bad and people on instagram try telling me hey man it's telling a story it's telling the story bullshit it's not telling a story it's clothing all right i'm sick and tired of these brands coming out and saying oh well this represents that and that no you're wearing a shirt to golf you're wearing pants there's no story to it I'm going to assume just because this would have been the sort of easy way out that Nike owns a copyright on Frank. Cause that would have been that the, did, 
that would have been the like if you're going to do a logo that would have been the the obvious like let's just do that and and frank his his tiger head cover which was popularized the nike commercials and and also on the uh on the polos a few years back where he had frank on it rory had his dog you know, they went away from the Nike logo for a tournament. I don't remember what it was. One of the majors, but not the I Masters. think there was some there was some tie-in with mascots with the NCAA. It might have been like Sure. Sure. You know. March Madness or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but maybe it was the maybe it was the players then. Maybe it was a players tournament. Maybe. Yeah, but no, you're right. That's that's a great logo. I'd I'd wear that. Yeah, I'd buy that. But uh Again, if it was in a style, and, and again, I'm somebody that likes form-fitting clothing. Um, I like my appearance to be neat. Tiger's always been like the pants that overlap down on the ankles. Mm. You know, Scott, Tiger dresses like a mid-40s dad. Let's just call it what it is. So that's what I was going to say. So do you think, because this, like, stylistically, it's not, like, far from, like, some of like the the newer kind of like more minimalist designs and things like that. Do you think that this is kind of like a mid forties dad version of that aesthetic? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say so. I I agree with that, Scott. I mean, it, Tiger's never really been one to push the boundary in terms of color and style and cut. And not saying that I like that at all, but at least. Like take like Billy Horschel or guys for RLX. At least at times they've they've kind of pushed the envelope a little bit. And some things have completely fallen flat. Mm. Um, but I just feel like this whole line falls flat. And here's the other problem I have with with golf apparel that you see on pros. No one else should wear it but tour pros because they're getting paid for it. Like when you see these loud shirts with these weird cuts and stuff, and you know you see regular dudes out on the golf course wearing it. Not for nothing, you look like a moron. If you were a plus seven handicap, a plus eight handicap on tour, and you know, I mean, you have like a, a world amateur golf ranking or something like that, I can kind of see it during a tournament, but it just, in my opinion, doesn't it doesn't fly on the course. It, look, it just looks stupid. It's like you're out yeah. there trying to pretend. Yeah, like like that kind of stuff. Like it, it again, it only works in certain circumstances. Like if you're, let's say you're playing in a scramble and you and your buddies want to like, you know, kind of go sure. all out, be ridiculous, go out, wear all orange like Ricky Fowler used to, like stuff like that. Like that's what it works for. The average guy playing around on like a Saturday or Sunday who's, you know, you know, just like a, you know, a 10 handicap or something like that, like just leave it at home. Yeah, I got I got two yeah, two last thoughts the, on and that. And save the American flag shirts for your barbecue, like. <laughs> yeah, Fourth of July. I got I got two thoughts on that. The first thing that that comes to my mind, it's like if you went to the park to play pickup basketball and you showed up in a full NBA getup, you wore the jersey, you wore the team shorts, you know what I mean? You wrote on your sneakers, um, you know, like rest in peace, little JoJo or something like that. That's that's what it strikes me as like guys wearing this stuff on the course. Um, and then and then two is that what I would always kind of preface it like this. If someone invited me to their course or their club, would I wear this stuff there? 
Like, would you wear what a tour pro wears there? And for the most part, what some of these guys wear, you probably wouldn't. You want to be kind of a little bit more no. subdued. And you know what, Scott? This is a problem with people that don't have a fashion sense, especially guys, picking out their own clothes. This is like mm-hmm. a habitual problem. Like, let your let your girlfriend or your fiance or your wife or, or whatever, your, your husband, do, let them pick that. Like, let someone with style pick that. Because most dudes, when they go and dress themselves, you know, they look like Tiger Woods. So maybe that's what he is going for. So do you remember the year Stuart Singh beat Tom Watson in the, the Open Championship? Of course. Burned into my so, memory. So he had, I think it was white pants and like a yep. bright green. He did. Polo. Yeah. Yep. So I remember after that happened, I was out playing golf on Long Island and a group in front of me had a guy dressed exactly the same. The group behind us had a guy dressed exactly the same. There were three or four guys on the range dressed exactly the same. Guys on the putting green. Like, and none of them could carry. Like, none of them could pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's like the person that is trying to wear, like, a Victor Hovland type Lindbergh shirt, right? But they happen to be 30, 40 pounds overweight. Like I'm yeah, sorry, like that, but that only works like for trying specific to, body type. That, yeah, that's like me trying to squeeze into like a Jay Lindbergh thing. Like it ain't gonna work. Right. It's a specific body type that works, and you know, if again, if that's your style, then that's cool. Uh, I, I'm just saying that Tiger Woods' new line sucks. <laughs> I I agree on almost every level. The only thing about it that is in any way, shape, or form cool is that he's associated with it. Uh, y- y- yes yeah I'll, g- I'll give you that um and actually let me just let me try to give credit where credit is due someone asked that question and we've already um we've already covered it so we're not going to hit it um you know when it's when it's time uh that would be oh god i, I don't know rawl rawl so <laughs> rawl rawl uh there's your question but your service okay, appreciate it um oh rawl dot rawl one my bad. Uh, Raul, Raul. <laughs> Raul, Raul won. So I remember the Hamburglar. He's like, Raul, Raul. Yes. So <laughs> that sounds like to me. Some people get that. Some people won't. Um, all right, Scott, let's talk about the waste management. What an absolute debacle. I don't even know what that was. It was not a golf tournament. We are on record two or three podcasts ago talking about how it was our least favorite tournament i can't stand the debauchery i can't stand the people that go there just to drink um i feel like if they just contain themselves within the amphitheater that is the 16th hole i feel like that would be okay but the denizens are starting to wander scott they've broken containment the cages have been the bars of the cages have been cut and they were spilling out onto the course um give me your thoughts on this and i also want to ask you how did we get here so all I'm going to say is this, wherever you are, no matter what the situation, if they have to cut off sales of alcoholic beverages, you are not in a good situation. I agree. And that's what happened. <laughs> and that's what happened. <laughs> I, you know, okay, it's. Let's let's start off like years ago, which a lot of the listeners won't even understand. 
this started off as like a localized party for Phoenix residents, literally, like with the Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no engagement in- in- of the 16th hole. Uh, Tiger Woods responsible for a hole in one where people went crazy. Tiger Woods responsible for having eight to ten guys move like a 800 pound boulder as a removable mm-hmm. object, and and then things kind of got absorbed into the folklore, into like the urban legend, the myth, and uh, and and whimsy that was this tournament. And then they started engulfing the 16th hole a little bit. They started, you know, popularizing people acting the fool. But this year, people took it over the top, which proves people cannot be left to their own devices, Scott. Sometimes they need handlers around. A lesson that Tiger uh, might want to take into account in his later years. So how, I guess your, your question is, how did we get to this point? It's just how like did any, we? It's just like anything else. When you give people an inch, they'll take a foot. When you give them a foot, they'll yep. take a yard. If you give them a yard, they'll take a mile. And yeah. that's what happened. It turned into a thing where it's like, all right, like this is going to be, you know, something where, you know, we're going to let people like be a little bit noisy. And then that turned into, all right, well, now they can be like a lot noisy and we're going to hype it up and we're going to put you on TV if you're, you know, dressed crazy or doing something wild. And then the pros got into it. So that encourages people to do it more. And then you get things like, you know, Joel Damon taking his shirt off. I was, uh, I was blown away this year. I watched a lot of this uh, this year um, just because I happened to be at home. And, and uh, it was on for a lot longer because of all the weather that they had. And Doug Gim on the 16th hole made, made a birdie and started going a bit nuts. And this was end of the day, Friday, I believe I could have my date. Now it's Friday. Um, you know, so we're still dealing with like first round start of second round people. Like, you know, it was a disaster because of the weather and he starts hyping the crowd up and the crowd starts pelting the green and, and the volunteers and the security guards and, and everybody with mm-hmm. beer and cups and ice and this and that. And the look on his face when he realized that he initiated Bedlam on the 16th hole was was priceless. And he looked over to his caddy, and I think his caddy was like, dude, you need to chill right now. They are going crazy. You had people standing out in the cold for seven, eight hours waiting for groups to come through, a four-hour rain delay, weather delay. And, and these people were just losing it. They were absolutely nuts, literally destroying a PGA Tour course. It's insane. Yep. That's, and that, again, it, it, it just it, it got encouraged over the years, and it just turned into a thing. And now it's a thing. And now you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No. So, so you're, their only real option now is to do one of two things lean into it and just go, you know, make it absolute debauchery or shut it down. Don't put up as many stands, stop serving the alcohol there, make it a thing where you have to pay and turn it into something like that, where now maybe, you know, that keeps it under control a little bit because now you're, you're limiting the amount of people who can pay for a seat. 
again, it's it's either lean into it or roll the or roll it back. And the only way to roll it back is to limit access. The only way to limit access is to make it a ticketed event. A lot of or just, pros or just have cut out as many people who can be around. Sure. A lot of pros had a very difficult time this time around this tournament. Uh, none more noticeably than Zach Johnson and Billy Horschel, who both had to yell at fans, get police involved, et cetera, et cetera. Do you do you foresee a time or a place on tour within, let's say, the next five or six years where guys are specifically missing this event because of the fans? Hey, podcast patrons, real quick break in the episode here. I want to talk to you about Big Wings Golf Apparel. They've just become the official glove and proud sponsor of us, Leave the Pin Podcast. We all know how important a comfortable glove and good grip are for the golf swing. And like us, you're probably tired of overpaying for gloves at the pro shop right before you're around a golf or getting some crap glove that's overpriced at Golf Galaxy or pulling something out of your bag that's stiff as a board because it's you sweated through it and you left it in there for two weeks before you played again. Well, thankfully, Big Wings Golf Apparel has the solution. Go visit BigWingsGolf.com before your next round for all your golf glove and apparel needs. Experience unmatched comfort and a perfect grip with these premium Cabretta leather gloves and feel the difference with every swing. Big Wings Golf Apparel, where craftsmanship meets performance. Again, that's BigWingsGolf.com, and you, our listeners, can use code LTP for 10% off your first order. Now, back to the regularly scheduled podcast. I mean, I almost feel like the two that you just described right there, like they're, you know, they're kind of towards the 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 older, you know, skewing a little bit older. Yeah. What's their motivation to go back? Like they don't want to deal with that nonsense. Yeah, and it didn't happen on the 16th hole with either of them. It no, was I know. On that... the you know kind of the rest of the course. Yeah, well, because it all spills out because you can't get, you can't get enough. There's not enough seating there, so right. what you end, you, what you end up with is people who now aren't getting what they wanted, who are still going to just find a way to, you know, get drunk and just create noise and debauchery somewhere else. So it spills do, out do into the, fifteen and seventeen and thirteen. You know, do you think the PGA Tour has a problem with this, or do you think they're under the mindset of? Any publicity is good publicity. Do you think they look at the reels of these drunk people and the people that have urinated on themselves and the people that are laying there unconscious and just look at the numbers and say, good Lord, we just hit 25 million impressions and not care what those impressions are? Um, that's an interesting question because... I don't know that they're looking for like I don't know that they're looking at it as in oh we got 25 million impressions that's good no matter what cuz it's the PGA tour I feel like they're they do like to try to keep themselves like somewhat like let, let's say skewing like conservative not politically sure. but more late like more staid I guess would be the the phrase like yeah, I agree. Kind of tried and true to what their methods were beforehand, not trying to rock the boat. You know, and this is their like sort of like their their big like foray into rocking the boat. But mm. you know, I, I do think that there's some there there's gotta be people at PGA tour headquarters like, well, rock the boat, but don't rock it so much that you know, 
And I feel like this might be a little bit too much. That's uh, that's a great point. Yeah, I would love to hear like from the horse's mouth and 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 what they actually think, not the PC explanation that you're going to give to the media, you know, or the social media world. I'd love to hear what people actually think, because I I'm, I'm going to go on and not even go on the limb, but but say that there's people behind the scenes, the tour, that are just like what in the actual F like this needs to stop. Um, but but then I also think there's probably a younger contingent that is like, hey, man, Liv thinks they're a party. Look at us. We're a party. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That, oh, that's this is what I, do. I don't know I don't how like much. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how much Liv is really that much of a party, but. We're gonna we're gonna actually. Why don't we jump into listener questions? Because yeah. uh, we we did we did get a question. Um, is Liv finally good? All right, question from one of our followers. Love Liv Golf. Uh, Twenty nine. Good, good in what way? Because I don't think it was ever bad golf. I, I mean, I think the team concept's a little hokey. Uh, again. I could go on and on about how absurd the team's names and logos are. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, again, pick your own tastes, I guess. Let's, let's, let's interpret this question as the actual golf being played. Because I, I feel like I can finally answer. I've watched the last two tournaments. It's been mm-hmm. on TV here. I, I, I've had a reason to watch. Um, the golf was – I'm not – the courses are not good, okay? I will say that. But the golf itself has been very good as of late. And when you only have 48 people playing, like mm. Macho Man said, cream of the crop, baby, cream of the mm. crop, right? It always rises. So you're going to get four or five household names every single week, and you can't guarantee that on the PGA Tour. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know what tournament they played this week, if they even did. I Vegas. guess the one I w- I guess the one I watched last, they played a tournament in Vegas this weekend. This weekend was Vegas. They went Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Last weekend was Mexico where they played at the one with the cavern. The uh, Mayakoba. That, that, they, that was oh, the yeah. playoff with Sergio and Joaquin. And, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I watched this, that. This week, that's that was, Johnson won. I watched that. That was entertaining, um, the playoff. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, I love the playoff because the, the guys were given a choice to come back the next day. And right on the green, they had the cameras right there. And they said, well, you know, what do you want to do? And they looked at each other and like, let's go. And I was like, you know what? It, that's awesome. And I think that only happens because these guys have already been paid. You know what right. I mean? They're not going and, and, and trying to win this money. Yeah, it's extra money, but they've already been paid. On the PGA yeah. Tour, I guarantee guys – would 100% be like, nope, we'll come back in the morning when the conditions are great. I'm not going to chance losing, uh, you know, 1.5 mil over not the greatest conditions. Exactly. And stat- there's no status at risk. I mean, exactly. Yeah. No, I, I mean, obviously, Sergio and Joaquin Neiman, even if they were on tour, would, you know, be pretty much protected from that. But you could get two guys who that, that you know, first or second, like, could make a difference between. You know, we're back next year or or I'm scrounging back on the Corn Ferry. So, yep. I, you know, I th- think that makes a huge difference, too. Um, 
So I, you know, again, I, I thought that playoff was pretty cool. That was good golf. Um, you know, I, again, I didn't watch this week. I didn't even realize they were playing. I definitely didn't realize they were playing in Vegas. Um, that's a, I feel like that with the Super Bowl there too. Like that's a, yeah, they're putting themselves out there. Yeah, it was uh, you know, kind of a win-win. DJ won. Uh, final group was like him, Bryson, and Rom. Rom's mm-hmm. been right in the mix the last two weeks. Uh, I enjoyed everything about the golf, except I still cannot stand their leaderboard on the left side of the screen. It's it's enormous. It takes up like twenty-five percent of the screen, um, and I cannot stand the music being played non-stop over the course i have a few questions on that my first question for anyone that's been to a live event is it the same song being played across the entire course or does each hole have its own playlist um is there different music going on here or there is there only certain styles of music because every thing when you hear the broadcast you hear the plays and the caddies i love that you hear the announcers i'm fine with that but then you hear this background ambient music being played and it's it's almost to the point where it's like it's too faint to understand what it actually is, but it's loud enough to yeah, annoy I mean, me. You know it's there. Yeah, you know it's there, and it cuts into the announcers a little bit, and it cuts into the caddy player talk a little bit. Um, you know, I, I feel like if they did that in sections of the course, that's fine, but as as it's as they're playing, I mean, it has to be so loud when you're there, too, because... It's not like they installed speakers on every course that they play in. Like this music is coming from somewhere, so it's 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 ambiently louder in some spaces than it is others. It's just weird, and it doesn't present itself well over television. Maybe live, it's a little bit better. Um, but to answer that question, in terms of golf, uh, yeah, I think it's been great this year. Neiman shot a 59, then won the tournament in a four-hole playoff. DJ wins in Vegas, like. Is there a better person to win in Vegas besides Pat Perez and him? I don't know. I feel, I guess, but. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, All right, let's yeah. go. Uh... Again, I, my, my, our, I, I, you stop me if my dislike of Liv has nothing to do with the, the quality of the golf, never has. Sure, sure. Completely understand. As, as a golf product itself, um, you know, I always use that wrestling you know, analogy, whereas like when it was just WWE, everything sucked. But once they had competition from AEW or WCW or ECW, I mean, like the product got better all across, right? Like rising tides raises all ships, um, you know, so it, it is what it is. Love it or, or hate it. Um, so we get the thoughts on Tiger. They don't have a pay-per-view. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story, Scott? We okay. got a... Uh, uh, well, do you want to tell do you want to tell that that line why why that is so famous between you and I? So I I don't remember what it was. It was in New York City it somewhere. Was, I don't I don't know it was why. The, listen, uh, okay, let me set the stage. It was okay. the final ECW pay per view in history. Okay, at the Hammerstein Ballroom, the last one ever, Scott. Um, you at the time didn't happen to know it was a pay-per-view and, and at, being the type of person you are you're up for anything at all times and uh ali and i asked hey scott do you want to come to into new york city to the hammerstein ballroom and go to a wrestling event so i'll set that up and i'll let you finish so i i think we got to like the end of 
the thing. And it was it was it was pretty much it was through it was through it was, a good bit. It was pretty much the end of the card, and somebody must have announced that it was the last pay per view. And I just turned and looked at you and said, "This was a pay per view," because I had absolutely no idea that any of it was like in, of any significance. I thought it was just some little wrestling card in the city. <laughs> And and I will tell you what, in terms of like actual wrestling fans, it it, it is a historic event. Like legitimately, that like that's like there are people, Scott, that would kill to have been in your position to be at the last one ever. And we got Peacock um a month ago, just for the month, uh, to actually watch a wrestling uh, pay per view, and. The WWE Network is on that, and you can watch old ECW ones. So we put on the last ECW paper and watched it. Clear as day, you can see me. I had a bright orange Taz shirt, and 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 we're right behind the ring on the hard side camera. And you can see the three of us up there in some shots. Um, but yeah, it is a historic event. It would be like you know somebody that didn't know golf being at the '96 Masters and yeah. going, oh. That's Tiger Woods? Okay, he won a golf tournament. And it's like, yeah, he won the 96 Masters in historic fashion. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I was I was at a golf tournament. He won the night. It was the 97 Masters. Oh, 97 Masters. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Good call, good call. Shout out. Um, so sorry, if you ever sorry, Nick Faldo. <laughs> so if you ever hear Scott and I say, oh, that's a pay-per-view. That's uh that's where that comes from. <clears throat> All right. Um Ador, Ador, Adorso, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Ann. I'm sorry. Adorso Photo asks, what are you looking forward to most this golf season, Scott? Uh, I want the snow to go away, um, and then, then I can have a golf season. What am I looking forward to it? And it's been the same for the last two years. It's actually just being able to play. Um. Mm. And and hopefully getting out there more than I did last year. Nice. Now my golf season's already started. My golf season never ended. Um, been very lucky this winter. I've got I've got four rounds under my belt already. Um, by February. Uh, as far as I, I don't really I don't really have. What am I looking forward to? Obviously playing playing with some different people. You know what I mean get to play with you this year. Um, again, maybe hitting up a few new courses. Uh, I'm actually excited. I'm excited for Lyons tournament season and how he's coming along. Um, I'm excited to see where he finishes the year in his global junior golf ranking. I'm kind of, that's, that's one of the things I'm really excited for. Cause he has, he now has a, um, literally worldwide junior golf ranking and, and it'd be interesting to see where that falls uh, at the end of his senior year next year and, and kind of what we've narrowed down in terms of colleges to go to and, and visits to take and coaches to speak to. That'd be cool. That, that's, uh, yeah. I got to look that, that I'm, I'm interested in that as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. I don't know how much like actual uh, stake I put into it. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not really sure how you can rank a kid from Pennsylvania against a kid from Japan against a kid from India. I, I you know, whatever, but, um, you know what? It's like you know, anything it's else. Enough. It means what it means to you. So sure. 
Sure. If it's a if it's a measuring stick that, you know, you start at one number and it you work it you know works its way down mm-hmm. or up, then it means something to you. If it's something you yeah. want to hang your hat on, okay. What what most college coaches have told us so far is it's it's not really important where you are. It's just important that you have one. Okay. So, you know, because I, I think they realize, like, if you're a kid from the Northeast or a kid from, like, the Midwest, like, you're not playing as much for, as a kid from Florida or Texas or California or Arizona, you right. know? So, like, how can you accrue all these points when you're – when you're down four months to other kids in other territories or, or whatnot. You are those um, like IMG Academy kids that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Are yeah. Professional yeah. athletes in high school. Yeah. Uh, basically, basically. All right. TOC golf, Scott underscore golf asks uh, favorite podcast that you listen to outside of the golf world. But that was a good question. That is a good question. Yeah. It's, so I listen to I'm actually looking up the podcast I listen to right now to see. So I the the one I like the the <clears> most it's a uh it's it's two stand-up comedians. It's called the Dollop. Um and what they do is one of them picks uh like a story from American history. Okay. And tells it to the other one who has no idea what the story is going to be ahead of time and then they mm. just kind of riff on it. So, okay, that that kind of hits, uh, you know, because I'm a big history fan, so I like that part of it. And then they're they're pretty amusing, so that that works for me. And they do, I I mean, they do some interesting stuff. Like the couple weeks ago, the one they had was the the history of San Quentin Prison. Um, They do stuff like like biographies of um, people. like the John DeLorean was one of them that was a good one. Okay. Um, a lot of these and a lot of these stories are just it's they're absolutely insane. So um I'm gonna I'm gonna I got three of them which hit on kind of all different portions of my my life outside of golf. Uh the first one's locked on Cardinals podcast. I listen to that every one that gives me all my St. Louis Cardinals news kind of inside from you know from the Midwest, uh which I which I like. Um, I listened to retire there with, uh, Gil and Jean, these two older people from Brooklyn. Uh, one was, uh, like a trial lawyer. Now she does like art classes and the other guy is uh, like librarian law or something like that. Library law, but he he's like big in the punk scene in the seventies stuff, which, you know, which I, I love, especially, you know, from New York. So like the Ramones and the clash and all that. Mm. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to give is uh, Tetragamatron, which is by Rick Rubin, uh, the famous music producer. And uh, even when it's people I don't know or concepts I'm not familiar with, he's just uh, a super interesting dude that's been around a lot of interesting people, so always has kind of great stories to go along with it. Yeah. Another one I, I, I don't, because I, I, again, I only, the one that immediately jumped to mind was the dollop. But another one that I, I do like talking about other sports fandoms, um, I like Mark Sanchez and Nick Mangold's podcast. I think they call it the Extreme. Okay. Very fitting. Um, which they they do have in addition to like you know old Jets, they have that on there. But they also had like they had Method Man on, 
Um, well, he's a big Jets fan. Well, all the Wu Tang are are big Jets fans. Yeah. Um, so they have stuff like that. That's again not just like old athletes. Um, and I like that that situation because it reminds me of the last time the Jets made me happy. So what is that called? The exchange. The exchange. I'm I'm uh I'm gonna start following that right now. That's uh oh, I'm getting some CNBC show. Oh wow, there's a lot called the exchange. Probably you probably get a bunch of like stock ones. I'll look for it after. Oh, here is the exchange with Nick Mangold and Mark Sanchez. Nice, Scotto. Always like uh, other things to listen to. Yeah, the Sanchez and then the center, huh? How about that? Love that. All right, here's our our last question, Scott. This comes from uh, Barking Bush Country Club. Mm. How can we? How can, I'm, I'm assuming it's supposed to say, how can we get the game more dog inclusive? What are your thoughts about dogs on the course, first off? I kind of worry about a dog on the course, even like a, a well-behaved like dog. Like, yeah. More for their own health. Like, just, you know, you have to be like aware of like, you know, errant golf shots and things like that. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I I would love to bring Charleston out on the course. Um, she would love to be out on the course, but I just feel like, and even as like an ultra responsible dog owner and an owner of a dog that is beyond loving and well-trained, I think I'd worry so much about her out there and I wouldn't even be able to focus on my golf. Like, is she getting enough water? Is she bored? Is, is she licking turf with pesticides on it? Is she eating this, that, the other? Are other people upset with her being there? Yeah, like, and like, again, like, and, and not your dog specifically, but, you know, like, sometimes dogs chase after other animals. You know, yep. they run into, you know, the, like, what are they running into? Again, like, I, I almost wonder if there's a way to, like, create a, uh, you know, some type of crate on a golf cart where you could hmm. wander, bring your dog around, like, they could be with you and safe. But I kind of feel like at that point, like, you're out in, like, a wide open space. Like, what dog doesn't want to run around yeah. and be, like, crate yeah. it up? Like, not a... I'm not, I guess, I, I'm not sure how you go about doing that. I will say this, and just as we're, we're uh, well, kind of talking about it. Yeah. What about, like a fris- what about like a Frisbee golf situation? Sure. Sure. Something smaller and less, uh, less participatory, if you will. Right. I, I'm just – I'm not sure – I'm not sure the game needs to be more dog-inclusive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't know if that's if there's like an enormous call for that. And if there is, maybe it's something like you could have a course that does dog only hours between, I don't know, certain times. But then, uh, Scott, too, like as as good and as well mannered as your dog might be, like dogs have to go to the bathroom. You know, dogs are going to mm-hmm. pee and, and poop anywhere like at least with dudes they'll go into the woods and not damage the turf by pissing on it like a dog doesn't care you know right. they're gonna mark their territory everywhere and 
And I just feel like, I mean, hell, we can't even get dudes to stop putting tobacco uh, ashes from cigars on the green and, and spitting sunflower seeds on the green. You telling mm-hmm. me that they're going to be responsible enough to clean up after their dog? I don't yeah. know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sure there's a, a, a need. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but I mean, you know, that's not, some people, you know, their dogs are their second kids or their only kids. Yeah, my uh, dog is one of my first kids. I like her sometimes more than my own kids. You know, I, I will, I will be, be very, very upfront about this. When my daughter was a baby, I had this idea that I was going to invent a golf cart that had like a protective cage on it where the, like a stroller almost with like a golf club holder where <laughs> I could take her out on the golf course with me. I actually had a, it was called the baby caddy. Oh, there you go. You can't and, give that away, Scott. Someone else is now going to patent that and it's going to be like enormous in Korea or Japan or something like that. And you'll never know. Oh, whatever. It's fine. And uh, I even had I had the commercial all worked out, and the tagline was going to be "Who's your baby caddy?" <laughs> I can only picture little M sitting in a cage, <laughs> watching you go. Well, that the thing, like we, you know, like we would go and walk around the mall, and she'd take a nap or whatever. Yeah. You know, like okay, Might fine. Well be like, out the matter if we're at the mall or if we're at, you know. <laughs> At a golf course. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I like that. That's good. You know, she's, um, she's all right. Let me know if I if I take a stop every, you know, couple minutes to hit a golf shot and move on. Yeah, it doesn't need to be like a full on round of eighteen. It could be a short course. But uh I, I feel like why not? Yeah, she'd be none the wiser. Right. Till she wakes up and starts screaming, then it disrupts sure. everything. That's True. why it's just like one a, of the, a dog barking on the court. Yeah, that's just one of the reasons why it's a terrible idea. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we have anything else for the people on this miserable snow day, which is which is now going to the, last? That was all the, the listener questions. That was all the listener questions. Yeah, because we hit on like three of them during our intro. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, cool. And literally, I only put it up like two hours ago because you know the way I prepare. I mean, if we did extensive show prep, it just wouldn't be what? It wouldn't be the same, bud. It wouldn't be the same. So, all right, so all you're, right, going well, to, you're going out to snow I blow. Am, I'm, am, going out to I'm looking. My neighbor's, my neighbor's all done. He's uh, cleaning up his snow thrower right now, so I got to go catch up. All right, bud. Uh, well, hit him with the tagline. Let's bounce. Uh, all right. Well, get busy golfing or get busy dying. Get busy shoveling. See ya. Absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient and Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Swannies is here with a fresh take. Performance-based materials are a given these days. But if you're looking for the stretchiest and most lightweight pieces that deliver a look that says I'm here for a good time, take a walk on the Swanee side. With fabric sourced from recycled plastics and design sourced from our very own weekend warriors, Swanee's is looking out for both our planet and those that need a little style to boost their drive another 15 yards. Premium looks from top to bottom at swanies.com.